This is Two Men Off with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Thursday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. I have a pretty good idea. What's that mean? The boys. It does mean that, but it also means that Brittany Griner pleaded guilty to charges of uh, accidentally packing drugs into her uh, baggage to fly across uh, Russia to this part of the actual world. And uh, she did it. uh, Please give me mercy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that today. Yeah. Whoopsie. Please have mercy on me. Even though I pled not guilty, I'm going to plead guilty this time. <laughs> I am Fred Slow. Alongside me, a guy who is also flown with some questionable carry-ons, Van Nunley. Van, how are you? Uh, not incarcerated. That's, yeah. There's pretty free. That's <laughs> very truthful. Making the show go around today, Steph Griffin. I see the phone lines are lighting up, but welcome, Steph. She could be saying hello, hello. Oh, there hi, she hi, is. Hi, hello, okay. Hi, hi, hi. I'm like, I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> How are you guys today? Doing well, Griffin. Good, good. good. How is Brittany Watch going? Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that she guilty. Pleaded guilty to drug charges in Russian court. In Russia. Do you have your... Steph, you still have your old free Britney shirt that you yeah, can just that... re- repurpose for oh, a different that's Britney. That's a good idea. Do you have that stuff? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to pull that out. Pull out method, nice. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's worked. It's worked for a long time. Literally it's up until the second like, best method. Well, up until two weeks ago, it was the second best method. Yeah. <laughs> for Elon Musk. Nope. <laughs> How many kids he's got now? Oh my gosh, that shocked. My son told me about him having a, another twins. He's twins oh for gosh. the third time with somebody on the board of Tesla. Where's he at now? Like seven, nine, kids? nine kids. No, that's a whole baseball of, team. Hey, both of you, stop. Is it more? Nine that we know of. Ah, oh. voila. Nine human children. <laughs> the Illuminati shapeshifters. That's TBD. See how many of those are when uh, they take over the world or something. I don't know. I didn't get the new email from Kyrie. Brian's song is not that good of a movie. Brian's song? No. I was trying to think of what other movie um, James Conn was in. Psh, yes, none. Yes. Oh, no, Elf. He was in Elf. Ah, that was yeah. a good one. He was a jerk in Elf. And from what I'm hearing today, real life. So actually, I was confused on who James Conn was. I thought it was James Woods. Okay. okay. So James Conn, probably a really good guy. James Woods sucks. Yeah, James Woods sucks. That's who I thought you were talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I'm sorry to hear that. You ever seen Brian's song? Of course I've seen Brian's song. Is that from the 70s or when is that? Was it yeah. Brian Piccolo? 80s. Is that his name? The 80s. 80s. Cause when it, so James Conn played football at Michigan State. I know that for a fact. Ooh. And I believe he played in the 50s. Oh my! So then you would like take a like you see he's the coach in Brian's song. So that's got to be the eighties. That's like yeah, thirty yeah, years yeah. later. He's a coach in Brian's song. He's a coach, isn't he? No, he's a a player in Brian's song. No, he's Brian. No. Yes. No, he wears like the the headset. He's got the the red sweater. He's very like Urban Meyer esque. 
I I think no, I know. No, no, no. James Caan is Brian from Brian's song. Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo. Yes. Who's the coach? Or no, he has to do that because he can't play. Because that's where I was confused. Jack Warden. Yeah. Is uh, Coach George Hallis right? And Billy D. Williams, and which, by the way, mm, give me all that you got. No, this is his worst role. Really? You don't think? As Gail Sayers? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like, I like Gail Sayers. I have to pull that out of the Gale Force Wind. Not so much. Closet and watch it. This you, you keep movies in your closet? No, I'm just. I don't know. Interesting. The old um, Prime Video closet. Ah. I know. Actually, it? it's only on Vudu. What is Vudu? Another streaming service. That's the Walmart one. Walmart has their own streaming service. I watched Vudu for the first time last week. I've never heard of it. I already forgot what I wanted to watch. Apparently, it wasn't wasn't very memorable. On the Vudu? Yes, the Vudu that you do do. <laughs> Does Brian Song tug a tear for you? course all right today's i9 varsity is tear tugging sports movies tear tugging sports oh. movies okay okay there's a couple there's a lot do you feel that way yeah maybe i'm just like in i cry like a, some of those like christmas commercials you know like where the soldier comes in and they're warming up some folgers coffee or miss something, me with know? those i hate those <laughs> what happened like those do you ever watch those like um tiktoks where it's like I surprised my younger brother when I came home from the military. Yeah, being away or something. Like it didn't oh, even have to be the military. And it's a hundred percent scripted. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah miss me with that. Yeah, no thank you. I'm not interested at all. Right. No, Who has a camera out you. at those moments? Yep. You're only doing it for clout. For sure. Like hey, keep chasing. You're gonna catch that clout. James Conn seems like a cool guy. I don't know a lot about his personal life. I know as Santino Corleone, he was part of the greatest movie in the history of the world. What's that movie? Oh, yeah, Godfather. The Godfather. I've never seen that. What? I know. People always say that to me. I've said it a lot, so I'm not going to say it again. Steph, this one's on you now. <laughs> I mean, I want to see it. Isn't it long? I'm sure you know a lot of quotes from the movie, but they're, you've never seen it, huh? They're three three-hour movies. And the first two are probably the best two movies ever made. Okay, I'm looking through the list here. James Conn was in Rollerball, which is a far better sports movie than Brian's song. Okay. 505-246-0610. Who's that guy that looks like Keanu Reeves but isn't Keanu Reeves? He's in it. That movie is uh, terrible. Terrible. Misery was good. Ah, where he that's was the right. book writer. That is a creepy movie. Forgot about Misery. With that gal, what's that gal's name? Oh. Chris Klein is the guy who looks Kathy like Kathy Bates. Oh, there you go, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Oh, the Gambler was good. From James Con. Yeah, yeah. The Gambler was good. Get Smart is very good. It stars Ooh. The Rock. Have you seen that? The Killer Elite. That one was ahead of its time. He was in El Dorado? That's been like a little kid thing, right? That's like forever ago. A bunch of other stuff I've never heard of. Oh, dude, how can you forget about the program? 
See, he was the coach from the program. Is that what I was thinking of? You got the program and Brian's song confused. The program is good. Is that the one at Boston College? They got the same colors as Boston College. Yeah. Halle Berry is in that. I don't it's know if you remember. It's supposed to be Florida State, I believe. Okay. But it's not. That's what introduced Omar Epps to the world of acting before he went on to have a very good career, including HBO's The Wire. No, he was not in that whatsoever. No, he was not. That's not true. Hey, his best movie might be Elf. You might be right, Steph. Besides, besides The Godfather, James Caan's best movie is Elf. I saw Elf the other day for the first time, like during the holiday season. I had not seen it. It was not the film that I thought it was. It almost felt like two different films. And also, if, I feel like Cedric the Entertainer was in it in the beginning, and then he wasn't in the end, and I was like, this is very confusing. Uh, that was not Cedric the Entertainer. You're dangerously close to you people all look alike moment, Fred, and I wish you would just back off that ledge right now. It's not. the actor from Couples Retreat, but I can't think It was Faison Love. Boom. But here's what I'm trying to say. Who Faison Love was great in John Favreau's Maid. Do you remember that? No. Also, I just Googled Faison Love's death. Looks like he's still alive. No, he passed away. Which one is it, Fred? You got the internet right there. Nope, Celebrity Death Hoax says he's not dead. So it's the number one it's the number one go to resource on the internet. Just his career, apparently. Brian's song is a tearjerker. Yep. It is, right? Yes. It is. It's very sad. Not to spoil. I feel like everyone's kind of seen it. It's like, a true story. Not from my like my lifetime. I didn't cry at Titanic, dog. I didn't watch Titanic. So hold up. You can't come at a guy about, what movie was it? Gladiator? No, Godfather? <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> wildly different motion pictures. One has Russell Wilson. Russell Crowe. Thank you. <laughs> Brittany Griner talk. When we get back from the break, we're going to break down why she said what she said and why she's, well, here's the bottom line. She's now a political pawn. It's no longer a sports story. It's a much bigger story. Yep. We'll jump into that at length. Obviously, it's in the world of pop culture. We'll go into that. The Raiders made history today. They signed a brand new president. We're going to tell you why that's important. Also, joining us on the program tomorrow will be Vinny Bonsignor, Raiders Radio. He's going to break down what it means for the Raiders. But this is a big one, just uh, not to spoil the whole thing. But Sandra Douglas Morgan is the first black woman team president in NFL history. So... That's very cool. So we'll talk to Vinny about that tomorrow, but we'll preview it today. Halfway through the Major League Baseball season, that's going to be good. We'll sneak the varsity in at 445. Baker Mayfield fallout. The Soosh will be joining us before the Ice Tubs take over this broadcast at 545. It's two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. Start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Spend our evenings over at Hollow Spirits and... Yesterday, Van, when I was at the United game, you know I had a little bit of New Mexico's vodka, teller vodka. You already know that. Mm-hmm. 95.9 FM and AM 610. D, sports animal. All right, back on it. For real, though, with 
James Caan bummer, right? Sure. Yeah. How old was he? 82, I think. 82. That's a run. That's a good life. My, uh, you're aware of this, Griff. I don't know if you know, but uh, my grandma passed away on Sunday. Like, I lost my grandma the other day. So sorry. Yeah, right? And it's crazy to think, like, what 80 years ago was. Because, like, that's not a real number in my head. But, like, my grandma would, like, regularly tell me, like, stories. She was 88. She would tell me stories from 90 years ago, you know, where it's like, yeah, this guy on a horse-drawn wagon used to come to my little Midwest town and bring ice cream, and it was the highlight of the week. And it's like, that is a crazy, like, like that's the original ice cream man, like, in a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Suck it, Master P. My grandma would make wa- waffle cookies, and we would we would eat them on top of the co- I'm like, Grandma. Whole world of change in 90 years. She'd make waffles? Put ice cream on the waffles? Yeah. And it's crazy, like, to Waffle think, cookies. Like, they uh, made waffle it. waffle cookies. Yeah. Okay. We depend so much on our technology and gossip and everything. Like, they yeah. didn't have any... No, nothing. Yeah. My dad called. My dad calls the other day. He's like, uh, he's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna empty out grandma's house. I'm like, no, I don't want the original waffle maker that came over on the Mayflower. I don't have any interest in owning that, Dad. <laughs> like, why are you offering me that? Do not ship that across the country. Would you like this giant crate full of all of the ingredients to make your own candles? Yes. <laughs> She's just got this weird old, like. What are those uh, canning jars called? Bell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's got this weird old bell jar of mercury. I'm like, what? Okay, that I want. That's weird. That's sweet. What are you going to do with Like, it's just, what was her hobby? Breaking open thermometers? You micro it's... you microdose the mercury and eventually you can poison somebody because you have a tolerance to it. Duh. This, or you build up like assassin style. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's where you were going. Sorry, yeah. All right. You microdose it, and then you build up a tolerance. Brittany Griner pleaded guilty, pleaded, pleaded guilty in Russia. Counts of drug charges, uh, facing ten years in prison. Russian prison, which I'm assume is the equivalent of federal prison. I'm making a lot of assumptions here, though. Just saying, Russian prison. Has a horrible connotation. It does. I don't know. It could be lovely. Maybe it's like a northern European prison where they don't even have locks on their doors and they teach you how to make waffles like your grandma used to make. It sounds awful because they're all way up north too, right? Like in oh yeah, friggin' Mongolia, mm-hmm. yeah, Siberia, Siberia. I think Mongolia is its own thing, but yeah, yeah. And also, like I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the definition of the word gulag. But I feel like that's what prisons are there. They're all like like gulags, I think, are work-you-to-death camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I often get them confused with goulash, which is what The delicious s- meal? They serve you for food in a gulag. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Goulash is just like mushy soup, right? It's just like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like a... Yeah. Really prominent where I grew up, actually. Is it really? Yeah, it's like it's everything from... Ah, uh, the poverty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I grew up poor. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Mix it in with romaine noodles. <laughs> I don't, man. This is this is tough. This is a double-edged sword here. Yeah, because I don't have a ton of sympathy for this keep, situation. Keep going. There is a lot of people in the wrong here, including Brittany Griner. You think she actually did it? Yeah, of course she did it. Okay. Yeah, and there's a lot 
of X's in the equation that led to this situation. Number one, the NBA and WNBA do not pay their female athletes enough to the point where Oof. they go have to pay. They have to play a whole nother season across the world in Russia to make a living. Hold up. There's one. Hold up. Wait. I don't know if I got a problem with higher guns though. I think higher guns is part of professional athleticism. Okay, yeah, you should have that choice. Yeah. Right? The choice should exist. Would you like to work more? Do you want overtime? Do you want to have another season somewhere else right. to make a bigger check? But also, if you paid your players enough, they wouldn't have to go to Russia and risk their freedoms. What's BCDC? I don't even know what that is. BCDC? Yeah. Uh, Bernalillo County Detention Center? <laughs> From the live chat, sounds to me like a lot of people prefer Russian prisons over BCDC. Nice. Okay. Noted. We've got some in-house experience here. On the live chat. Okay. Another enabler in this situation. Our starstruck American culture. To the point where she's famous. She's a professional athlete. She can get away with whatever she wants while she's here. And we as a culture enabled her to think that she can just cruise around with hashish oil vape cartridges and it's going to be fine because she's a professional athlete can you do that here in southwest yes see that's what i'm saying so whose responsibility is it because i guess technically yeah obviously she's the one who's going to face time it's on her to know like the laws and the regulations but like when you're at that level and by the way the money here is not the money that we hear in sports we've been talking about nba contracts it's not that money right but you almost need like a freaking handler to be like, oh, uh, in this country, we actually drive on the other side of the road. In this country, the WNBA, you have to, has to have somebody sit down or have like a giant TED talk right? or sit down with the teams one-on-one, -on -one, however logistically they want to do it and say, hey, here's the laws in Russia. If you're going to go play in the RWNBA, whatever right. the hell it is, you cannot bring your vape cartridges in and out of airports. They're looking for any excuse to screw over Americans. Don't give enough rope to hang yourself. And you're, and you're saying the Phoenix Mercury should have put that person for her, knowing that she was on, I, I'm just going to keep using the phrase hired gun, I don't know what else to use, sure. to Russia. Like, they should have had, because that's, I mean, if, I'm not trying to sound weird, but she's like an asset to the team. There's, like, value there. She's like an asset to the league. Yeah. One of the most prominent players. Keep an eye on her. Sure. Make sure she's doing the right thing. Make sure she's not sneaking vape yeah. cartridges. If she's playing in China, make sure she doesn't put her chopsticks in her rice. Okay. All right. I don't think that's punishable by 10 years in prison. No, no. I don't know the rules. That's you got to hey, No, see, no. You just said it right there. That's a really good point. Yeah. You don't know the rules. No clue. Maybe sticking your chopsticks in your rice is punishable by 10 years in prison in China. How would we know? Yeah. Oh, hey, my bad. I left my Crocs on when I walked in your living room. I thought it was just a cultural thing, not a legal thing. Yeah. It's a full-on legal thing. I'm in trouble now. And then you get attacked by a samurai. Yeah. Cut your feet off. Where does Griner get Crocs that big? I don't know that either. Oh, they got to be custom. It, duh. Bespoke Crocs. Bespoke means made for Thank you. you. Okay. You're, you're Thank welcome. you. Yeah, I was trying to That's process okay. that one. Yeah, yeah. Look, okay. 10 years is heavy. So the WNBA needs to pay these players more so they don't have to do this. 
we need to quit enabling stars and people of prominence in this country to think they could just get away with anything. I don't I think it's a legal thing though. But also Brittany Griner. Yeah. That is a stupid decision. Uh-huh. That is just a stupid decision. There's a lot of people at fault. There's a lot of enablers. There's a lot there's a lot of X's in this equation. And but hey, again, also let's wipe the table clean here for a second. And let's realize that 10 years for marijuana, some THC derivative, is ridiculous. It's insanely ridiculous. That's archaic. Grow up. But again, with that being said, you got to realize that Russia is going to look for any excuse to screw over an American. Joining us on the program, friend of the show, Dan. Dan, welcome to the program. How are you, friend? What's up, guys? What's up, brother? Hey, Dan. So, so... A couple of things. You guys are awesome sports adjacent uh, anchors. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, sports anchors, not so much, but sports <laughs> adjacent, the, the best. Thank you, sir. I love you guys for that. Hey, so you know, did you hear the latest? Russia wants to trade, wants to swap a guy that's in prison here. Uh, who was a major international arms dealer peddling weapons of mass destruction, they want to swap him out for this professional athlete that was caught with THC products. You're talking about the merchant of death. Correct. The, mer- the merchant of death. That's, that was, yeah, uh, from um, my understanding, that was the first to, speculation. Let's, let's talk about that one a little bit, and, and I'll just listen in, okay? It- Dan, thank you for taking the time. The thing, so he's talking Thanks, about this guys. cat, Victor Bout. And I do this I know a little bit because, as Dan pointed out, sports adjacent. Correct. This is a talking point the day it happens and then the two years to follow when re-election comes up. Because if you're talking about world impact, is this really, is this really a trade for trade? Is this a go fish situation? Because if you're asking for twos, Brittany Griner and the Merchant of Death are both not twos. Yes, correct. Brittany Griner is a two. The Merchant of Death is a king. Right. Like you don't you don't make that trade. I'm with Dan here. You don't trade international arms dealer. No. For a basketball player who didn't have the common sense not to bring cartridges of hashish oil a Russian airport. And I might be wrong on this, but I think this is what the Lord of War movie was about. Is that the name of the movie? Lord of War? No clue. With Nicolas Cage? That's literally what this movie is about. I didn't see that. Nicolas Cage was this guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I might watch it now. And, like, this is a crazy thing. So, and on top of that, this dude who's got, it's either 25 or 30 or 35 years in federal for arms trading, which he's been in for some time now. I think he went in like 10 years ago. So it's kind of weird how coincidentally the sentences are going to end up being the exact same remaining. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. but and hey, every- I'll tell you what, Brooklyn Nets aren't going to trade Kevin Durant for Russell Westbrook straight up. No. Yeah. The negotiations start there. They're not going to end there. And, I, and I'm on team... Don't trade international arms dealers for celebrities. I'm on that team. Sure. And also, like, we go political a little too much. I'm not the biggest Joe Biden guy in the world. Same. Like, I don't need Joe Biden to be like, I think this is best for America. Yeah. What? 
That is not best. Describe what's best in one word, Joe. <laughs> but if you can find whatever the lesser deal is, and I don't know what that is, because if you're like, hey, Fred, name Russian political prisoners in America or America adjacent, I'd yeah. be like, I literally cannot do that. Okay, we'll give you, what was his name? Lord of War? The, 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 the Merchant of Death. Merchant of Death. Yes. We'll give you the Merchant of Death for Brittany Griner. Uh, that other guy, Steve, and then a criminal to be named yeah. later. Wait, where's Julian at? Is Julian in the mix? We're trying to get one Julian as well. And then a pick swap. Yeah. <laughs> then a 2026 pick swap. There, hey, there's something that should be done, but it is not what this headline is. And by the, this headline, I don't know if you saw this today, this merchandise stuff, this isn't just like super opposing the government news sources. This is like... This is a real conversation. This is NPR. This is CNN. This right. is a little weird. A little weird. Yeah, it doesn't add up at all. No. But you got to ask, right? You have to. You can't hold a pawn and be like, let me get your queen. Sure. It don't work. Like, you don't trade those pieces. That'd be a huge win for Russia, considering what's going on in their world right now. <laughs> hey, we need, hey, hey, Sleepy Joe, listen up. We need this one, okay? We'll, we'll back out of Crimea. Just give us the Merchant of Death back, and you could have your seven-foot-tall basketball player who's cosplaying a SoundCloud rapper. Whoever's running the CIA is like, listen, Griner for the Merchant of Death. Uh, again, that Julian Assange thing, we'll figure that out, I promise. Yeah. Uh, also, turns out the economy is not as bad as you think, and, and Joe Biden's like, yeah, no, I watch Queen's Gambit. I think I can figure this one out. Put I, I play chess. <laughs> Let's run this trade through Yahoo Sports <laughs> Fantasy Trade Analyzer. They, they, you can't trade an A for a D. Hey, a little bit more on this when we get back. Two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. In California, Van. Two years for paraphernalia on an airplane, okay? Okay. So that's what you would have got. You get, and it's like per. So if you have a vape pen of marijuana, two years. So in theory, you got a bunch of them. That's a bunch of years, okay? I don't know how many Brady Griner had. This is current. This is current. Okay. Okay. Now, also, I don't know the last time you've been to an airport. For me, fairly recently, mm-hmm. I travel fair amount. I don't see anywhere at airports where there's like a hey, we can test drugs right here, right now. That doesn't exist at airports that I go through, and I go through the big ones. Well, you don't go through the back. They have all that stuff just sitting around in the back. You think they do? 100%. They got reliable drug testing, THC, differentiate from legally to illegally? Correct. You have to watch A&E. Like, they have some of those shows where they're at different airports and they're, like, catching the people coming in from, like, Mexico or, you know, different countries and stuff. And, they, yeah, they have testers right there. Well, isn't that the thing, too? Like, what? it's something crazy, right? Like, Fourth of July weekend, like, two million people pass through on that Friday or whatever through TSA, they're not looking for Van Nunley's vapey boy. <laughs> don't care. That he left in his athletic shorts on accident when he packed them in his they carry-on. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. But they do care about who you're talking about, guy who deserves A&E special. <laughs> I have a question. So let's say she gets back. Whatever. Are you, are you allowed to use THC in the... 
women's national i mean is she going to get some repercussion on that end of her career there's, there's no way she will no. it, they don't test for it anymore in the nba Mm-mm. oh okay from the texter what message is this sending people slash young women in particular Ooh, i'm not a young woman my perception is anymore no the what my perception is <laughs> that this is a story that they know exists and I think it makes you more cognizant of traveling abroad, but I don't think this is a overvalued life lesson for people. Yeah. But this is a cautionary tale. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, you definitely have to Google the do's and don'ts of the other country. You have going to. to. <coughs> yeah. You know, and here's okay. the thing. Trust nobody. Hashtag did my own research. Do you really even trust that? Because it's not like the 90s van when your parents... Book your family vacations through a travel agent, and they told you about Belarus. Mm. Like now, it's like, what to and not to do in Belarus? Like, what? that's going to get you some weird results. <laughs> yeah, it depends on which website you. Click that's on. what I'm saying, and I know your algorithm. You're going to get weird stuff. I'm, I'm at, my answers are going to be off the wall. You have to go to the library. Right, you'll end up at dark tourism somewhere. <laughs> I mean, that's where I start, but. <laughs> Cautionary tale is the answer, though, right? Like, what other what other impact can this like learn? That's what this is. Yes, everywhere, no matter where you're traveling. <laughs> Who was it that got in trouble in a uh, Saudi Arabia? Had to get swapped out. Oh, I was a rapper. Maybe travel with a lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> or just consult them briefly before leaving. Yeah. Or your nana. Don't bring them weed cartridges into the Russia, darling. She tell you that? Mecca girl. No clue who that is. Female rapper. The thing that like drives me crazy about it is when Brittany Griner is trying to leave Russia, there is a war going on. And I'm not telling you to not like act in a timely manner. Don't worry about your carry-on. Just go to the airport. It was Little Wayne. Oh, okay. Little Wayne almost got stuck there. They had to pull some diplomatic tomfoolery to get him out of Saudi. Saudi Arabia did that same thing with WWE. They held their plane on the tarmac after like one of their big Saudi Arabia events, and they're like, "It's gonna, it's gonna cost you fifty mil. We'll let you leave. Just go ahead and move over fifty mil." That's a real thing. I hadn't heard about that one. That's how Saudi works. They put them all on the plane, and they said, if you want it to take off, move over the money. And that's exactly how much it costs for them to go there and how much money they made. That's very cool. An absolute wash. Mm -hmm. But what the hell is $50 in Saudi Arabia? No, to the WWE. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, both. Yeah. I don't even know if that's the real number. It's very close if it's not the exact number. Did somebody commit a crime and they're like, we're going to hold you all because of this? What was their rationale? Extortion. Well, I mean, that's the outcome. That's not the rationale behind keeping them. Because we can. Well, okay. Again, two separate <laughs> things. You have to have a reason because you know it's going to be news. It's going to be media fodder. Somebody had to have done something. Did somebody have a Coke while they were there? It had to be something like that, right? Like, one of the gals walking to the plane didn't have, like, 
yeah. a hijab on or whatever, and they were like, "Did a woman yeah. laugh in public? Is that what happened?" Raiders hire Sandra Douglas Morgan as the first black woman team president in the NFL. Ellipses history. This is crazy to me. Third woman to serve as NFL team president, joining the Buffalo Bills. Kim, I always I always screw this one up. Pagula? Sure. And the Carolina Panthers, Christy Coleman. And the Raiders are no stranger to breaking down barriers. Uh, via color and gender. They're pushing the meter every single time. Yeah. Team they hired the first black coach in Art Shell. Amy Trask was the first female CEO. Tom Flores, first Hispanic head coach to win a Super Bowl. Hispanic quarterback. Yeah, Hispanic quarterback. Mm -hmm. And also, you need a changing of the guard, Las Vegas Raiders. There was too many dumb things in a row. Crazy. Crazy. (coughs) And I'm in. I'm in on the move. Now, if you're like the, the John Gruden, obviously, the wide receiver, obviously, there's a ton of stories out there involving the Raiders. I don't know enough about the hire of Douglas Morgan to be like, oh, she's got this long track record, she got this thing. But I do know enough about the track record of Dan Ventrelli, who was fired sure. and just let all this stuff occur. Mm-hmm. Any move is an upgrade. Any grade is an upgrade. Addition by subtraction, regardless of how she does. Well, it says that she's a, a native... Um from Nevada, and Ooh. she was a form, the former gaming control board chairwoman. That's correct. Uh, okay. So. okay. She knows about that. Mm-hmm. She's seen The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And, then, and in the interview, they were like, are you homophobic or misogynistic? And she's like, no. And they were like, oh, good. Finally. We need you. They didn't ask that question before? There was a seven-year period with John Gruden where he <laughs> – she's like, no, I'm familiar with the story. I did my research. Vinny Bonsignor will join us from Raiders Radio tomorrow to talk about what it means to the team. This is a big deal, though. Of course it's a big deal. That's two big ones two days in a row. First black hockey GM yesterday. First black team president, female team president today. Every day is kind of the biggest day in the history of sports and news. Every single day. We cover it here up until 5.45 when we hand it off to High Steps Baseball. We're going to get back to today's varsity, today's I-9 varsity van. It's the I-9 varsity of uh, tear-tugging sports movies, okay? Okay. Bringing that to you. Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9 starter days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Spend our evenings at Hollow Spirit. And we not, we cap off our nights with a little New, New Mexico's vodka, Teller Vodka. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Today's I-9 Varsity is the I-9 Varsity of just tear-tugging sports movies. Joining us on the front of the show hotline, Mailman. Mailman, welcome. How are you? What's happening, fellas? Oh, we're just going out. Okay, uh, Van... Uh, go pull out your Google machine so you can follow what me and Fred are about to talk about. Ready? Uh, is this a wrestling segment? I'll just take it off. <laughs> no, no. Hey, Fred, I got the perfect trade for Brittany Griner. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Ivan and, Ivan and Nikita Koloff. Oh, my gosh. The one-man gang. And 
uh, the boogeyman for Brittany Griner and a tri- and a and a future heel to be named later. That's, okay, that's a lot of Russian pro wrestlers <laughs> that were just named. It's, uh, don't think it's going to a, a deserting Sergeant yeah. Slaughter. Yes, there's a lot of options there. So, yeah, you know all those guys, all those guys uh, became American citizens after they came over here and earned a paycheck or two. Oh, I didn't in know the that. WWE. You have them all back. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I just wanted to talk about Brit for a second. Yep. Van, I a thousand percent agree with you. I, if they paid, even if they, even this, even what I'm about to say is horrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. Even if the WNBA had a base salary of a million dollars per person, and I admit you give their bigger stars like Britt and some of the other ones, uh, um, um, you know, a little extra cash, you know, that would even help them. She wasn't making a killing in Russia. She was only making a million bucks. So she was making a mil, but I think her base salary here for the Mercury was only like 250000 Come on. 215000 is the max. Just, yeah, didn't we just hear uh, Zion Williamson only paid 35 games and he got a hundred and forty-seven mil or something like that? Come on, dude. Some girls are playing just about every freaking game, and they can't give a little more. Or I mean, I mean, it's crazy. They had, uh, I think it was something a little while back. Um, one of the teams was getting in trouble because they was using charter planes and and taking care of their women and whatnot. And the league got pissed off because the rest of the league was having to use. I don't know, Southwest or something like that. And I'm like, come on, this is the highest really bad. Mailman, while I agree with you and I'm glad you agree with me, the dub, the NBA already subsidizes the WNBA. Right. So unless they start turning a profit or become more valuable assets to the NBA, it's going to be hard to pay them that much. Dude, I can't, you're telling me they're not turning a profit. Come on. Hey, but Those still, games are not empty. Two two hundred thousand I mean, dollars is still a lot of money. Not, it's not, you know, they can't charge what they're charging for the guys because it's a total different fan base. But well, and they got to be turning a profit. The you know the joke stands. You know, let's let's say we're not in Albuquerque. Let's say we're in Phoenix, right? And Phoenix has three of the highest paid players in the league in Diana Taurasi and Diggin Smith and Griner. If I were to be, hey mailman, would you rather have? Would you rather have WNBA tickets for tonight's game or twenty five bucks? Like, which one would you take? Either twenty five bucks or WNBA tickets. Yes, for four. For four. WNBA tickets. Okay, there you go. Oh, okay, so I'm gonna take the twenty five bucks and go spend it at In and Out Burger. Yeah. That's I mean, because that's a realistic kind of draw that the WNBA has. Jokes on you! You could have got eight WNBA tickets for twenty five bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know what the I, I mean. I I really admit I don't have a clue what to do, but something's got to be done because 
uh, again, you, you might as well be Daniel Snyder. You run around in the back doing whatever you want. And literally, if it is subsidized by the WNBA, I mean, by the NBA, come on, man. You can't do better than that. That is horrible. We got one of your best players in the world, a former Olympian, that's in jail because she had to go to Russia to make a couple of extra bones because y'all wouldn't pay her. Come the, on, dude. We're get, we got to cut you we loose. Gotta, I mean, we as Americans got to be better than that. Oh, I agree with you, man. man. We got to cut you loose on this one. We're going to finish the thought. So, as like 2003, so 2003, David Sermon's like, hey, 12 million bucks a year. That's what we're going to give the WNBA. That's kind of their whole budget. Yeah. It's not a lot of money. Yeah. Like, in whatever, like, in it doesn't work the same with like profit sharing. It doesn't work the same. As far as merchandising as it does in the the NBA, but the league basically runs off like fifteen million dollars a year. It's like nothing. That is nothing that's for nothing, professional sports. That's nothing to the NBA whatsoever. And again, also, again, I I completely am on board with the United States government getting involved and facilitating some kind of transfer but not for an international arms dealer. Merchant of war. He snuck weapons of mass destruction into other countries. That does not equal a basketball player. You got to just you got to just laugh it off and say this is not a fair trade. You know we can't do this. On average, according to an article from Sports Illustrated, the WNBA loses between ten and twelve million dollars a year. Thanks, NBA. That's what they lose. Mm-hmm. That's what the NBA covers. They literally cut. They they get them to break even. And the WNBA, which by the way, only came around to that '96 U.S. Women Olympic team. I think the WNBA kicked off in '97, tipped off in '97. You're right. They just don't draw. Don't draw. And the answer is I would took $35. <laughs> we'll move the varsity to 5 o'clock. It's going to be a good one. I'll get the sponsors when we get back, Griff. Two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. I just got a text. So I'm going to a... Uh, Pretty cool little fundraising event tonight after the program. I'm going over to Pink Warrior House. We're setting up a like a joint thing with New Mexico Highlands University. We're going to do a Big Warrior House. If you're not familiar, it's for like breast cancer. Um, they do uh, it's like a support groups and comfort packages, kind of all that cool stuff. Anyways, uh, Dickie's Barbecue. Are you familiar? Yeah. Okay. They supported us at the Super Bowl. Tim Patel, who runs Pop Warner Football here in town. Sure. Yeah, they donated a little barbecue dinner tonight for the thing or whatever. So just got a text saying it was ready. So that's kind of nice. That is nice. Boys help boys. Literally nice. That's a good dude. We have him on. Talk a little bit Pop Warner. Pop Warner is the one to me. Safer. It's orientated around size of players and you know, it's just done really well. Today's I-9 Varsity is the 
I-9 Varsity of tear-tugging sports movies. And the thing about the Varsity, if you're just tuning in, if you're getting into the car, welcome to the program. The I-9 Varsity is we pick a topic throughout the program, and then we highlight like the top of that topic. So today we were talking about Brian's song. And we were like, well, Brian's song is pretty good, a little tear-jerky movie. Mm-hmm. But what are the top sports tear-jerky movies of all time? What is the varsity team of that? We're not talking JV. We're talking varsity. Griff, would you like to go first or last? I think I'll throw out my first one that I wrote down. Okay. I put Blindside. What? Okay. No. With Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Well, so I cried at the end because I think as a mom, I don't know. I just was so like, good point. How proud you would be of your child, you know, like to make it that far. I don't know. I just got all emotional at the end. Yeah, your actual child, I get it, but your adopted child? Yes. Cried tears of joy. Yeah. He actually went on to make a lot of money in the NFL. And the actor in that movie, I think, went on to be part of like a, a pyramid scheme thing here in Albuquerque. Super weird, dude. Really now? Yeah, it's 100% true. There's more to that story. It's not for the air. Okay. Remember the Titans, Van? I do. <laughs> what year? I couldn't like tell you that. Steve McNair years or no. Marcus Mariota years? So remember the Titans, what, well, came out in 2000? 2000? Because I just got in high school. Based in the 1960s. And it's this integration of these two schools. One is the white school. One is the black school. They got to come together. And there's two like vocal leaders from both teams. And and one of the kids, Gary Bertier, Mm -hmm. right before the big game, I got goosebumps even right now talking to you about it, goes to Hot Rod Off, gets in an accident. Oh, no. Paralyzed. What? The team does go on to win the big game. Spoiler. I loved the coach's daughter in that one. Hayden Penitary? Yes, she was feisty. She's very good. Yeah, yeah, she's on top of the world after that one. She, she married, had a good run. She married a boxer, I think. Really? Yeah, one of the Klitschkos. That's exciting. Yeah. First on my I-9 varsity of tearjerker sports movies, I got to go with Rudy. Okay, not the... Not the penultimate moment where he finally gets in the game and he gets a sack and everyone's literally crying in the stands. That's and on the worst the part. It's all made up. It's stupid. So the scene for me mm-hmm. is when his teammates got his back and they all drop off their jerseys on the coach's uh, office desk. That one just gets me every time. Like, I'm about to water up just talking about it. For the it. record, Joe Montana said that never happened. Of course it didn't happen. For the record. It's a movie. It's a movie. Remember the Titans was fiction, Fred. It's a movie. No, remember the Titans is real. Alexandria, Virginia. It's a real city. Yeah. It's a real story about a sassy little girl. So is Rudy. (laughs) And of course it's dramatized for Hollywood. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. And Bruce Willis, his best friend from Armageddon, helping Denzel Washington remember the Titans. Yes. Don't say Field of Dreams. Go ahead and go, Griff. Okay, on to my next one. Seabiscuit? <laughs> <laughs> what? Again? Okay. That, that's not a tearjerker. 
What do you mean? The, the glue factory scene? Is that the one? Is that what you're talking about? Is that where it gets you? That's what held the movie together. Like glue? That's not a bad answer. Don't listen to him. Next on my I-9 varsity of tearjerker sports movies. Moving on quickly. I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Rocky. Oh, okay. I not, didn't even think that Not one. when he, you know, redeems himself no. and, and wins the match. Hey, when Mickey dies. Oh, yeah. That was, his, that was his father figure. He grew up on his own. Didn't have any direction in life. Not only was it his coach, it was his savior from the streets. Gave him direction in his life, and he had to die right before the big match. <sighs> you're not right, but you're not wrong. Okay. Because you're not right because you're naming the wrong part. The tear-jerking part it was when Rocky finally musters up enough courage to ask out Adrian at the pet <laughs> store, and he buys those two turtles, and then in the fifth movie, he still has the turtles, and they're grown up, but he no longer has Adrian. And by the way, as he's asking Adrian out, he's getting like sat, he's catching smoke from guys on the street when they should be supportive of what is obviously two special needs individuals like coming together and, and like bonding and forming a really great relationship. But he doesn't have that because this is the awful, unaccepting, mean streets of Philly. Did you just call so him that... special needs? Oh, they <laughs> both that, are, right? Is that your next answer? Are, are, are we giving the same movie with different answers? No, it's just such a good, strong, emotional movie that there's multiple moments. Look, by the way, someone with a speech impediment like Rocky should not be boxing. It, no. Yeah. I'm just going to make it worse. Also, in the fifth one, when he gets motivated by a computer simulation from ESPN to go out and box actual best boxer in the world, and his son, who has all but eliminated him from his life, keeping in mind that he has like a law degree, and he's gone on to be really successful, and he's overcome all the odds, even though he's got a terrible example of a father who blew all of his money on a failing gym and hopeful prospects that went on to do nothing, and is the only voice of reason in the entire film. Yeah. That's the sad part, how Rocky in his old, deranged age in life, and I think he just killed Tommy Gunn five minutes ago. Yeah, so his father figure and mentor died <laughs> in the first movie. I'm, I'm going to stick with my answer, Fred. I think it's a pretty good answer. When Ray Liotta asked Kevin Costner to play catch. I scratched one off, that one off my list because I knew you were going to say it. Field of Dreams. Uh -huh. I think it was more when his dad asked him, not that's Ray what he's, That's what he's saying. Ray Liotta was the dad. Ray Liotta was his dad. I thought it was the catcher. Ray Liotta is the catcher who is Kevin Costner's dad. Same thing. No. You're both right. We're both right. Oh, no. It means so much more to Griff now that she gets it. Uh, <laughs> it was his dad. Oh, it's his dad the whole time? His dad the whole time. Ray Liotta was the guy? Yeah. What? I'm so confused. Then they set the field on fire and had popcorn together. <laughs> is that the same movie? Um, I don't know the popcorn reference, but they are cornfields. Yeah. Also, like I went to Field of Dreams, it hits. It slaps hard emotionally. Gets you. Tearjerker. Great. What do you got, Griff? Don't, don't you dare say Free Willy. Did we say Friday Night Lights? That's, oh, gosh. That's a good one. What part? Um, when they got the lights installed? Is that the piano? <laughs> no, I actually stole that one off the Google. That's uh, a pretty good one. Okay, it's a good one. I didn't 
So the movie with, Friday Night Lights with Tim Tim McGraw's in that, right? He is in. Okay, that. at least got that right. Okay, good. It's not great. It's not a very good movie. I wasn't into it. No, it wasn't good. The movie or the series, I wasn't into. I didn't but watch the series. Got the big guy right that drives the truck, and he's all crazy. You are thinking of Varsity Blues. That's oh, very different. Varsity Blues. That's the one. Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Ah, so yeah, Varsity Blues. There's some tearjerker moments. There. What? Yeah. Like when uh Marcy's whipped cream bikini? Yeah, that's a good part. No. It brought a tear to my eye. Right? Remembering those She was games. over 18 when they filmed. <laughs> Next on my I9 Varsity. Allie Lauder. I know uh-huh. from memory. For sure. Next on my I9 Varsity mm-hmm. tear drinking movies. It's Jerry Maguire. <sighs> and you might be saying, Van, I agree. When Jerry Maguire and the kid form this bond. It's the lip Nicky kid. And, yeah. And, it, and their relationship grows, and he becomes like a, a better person because of it. Brings a tear to your eye, right, Van? It's like, nope. You're like, oh, Van, you must be talking about when Jerry Maguire and then Renee Zellweger's character, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. fall in love. And then the you had me at hello scene. That's the one. That's the one right there, right? You would be wrong. You are insanely wrong. Again. Yeah. Because what brought a tear to my eye in Jerry Maguire is when wide receiver Rod Tidwell mm-hmm. got the money. That What? When it worked out for him? When it worked out for him and he got paid. When he bet on himself. Very emotional part for me. I do kind of have goosebumps right now when you talk. Showed him the money. After he gets the neck injury. and his- He was eventually shown the money. So I had very to look, nice. I had to look up. So Ray Liotta played Shoeless Joe Jackson. Correct. Kevin Costner was Ray Kinsella. Oh, you're very His correct. His dad was John Kinsella, and that, that was Dwyer Brown or something. That is correct. Everything you're saying is right. I honestly thought, in my head, it was, it's was it been Ray Liotta this whole time. It, it is when I explain it, but Griff is correct. Huh. And the problem is, my oversight was because I was thinking of my number one tear-tugging moment, and it's in For Love of the Game. Okay. So in For Love of the Game, at the very end... Kevin Costner completes the perfect game at Yankee Stadium as a Detroit Tiger. Okay. And he realizes he never really loved baseball. He always loved Kelly Preston. He has to beeline it to the airport, and she's there waiting for him after reliving his entire life throughout the course of a nine-inning game, throwing the ball to John C. Riley. It's insanely brilliant. It's a good one. Best sports movie of all time. You're super wrong, and you always have been and always will be. It's not even Kevin Costner's. Top five best sports movie. All time. It's the best one. The only the only worst movie Kevin Costner has done than for the love of the game is Waterworld and Draft Day. Is Tin Cup good? Tin Cup is better than for the love of the game. Yeah, oh, the okay. postman sucks too. The postman is tied with for the love <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico, spend our evenings at Hollow Spirit in New Mexico's Vodka, as Teller Vodka, the, the Soosh, wherever we get back, 95.9 FM. And like a nice tough baseball with the Soosh. Josh Sushan, welcome to the program, brother. I like the Blink-182 introduction. Thanks, Steph. I like that a lot. All the small things. I didn't have you pegged as a... A blink guy, yeah, Josh. Learn, your, learn something new today. Take off your pants and jacket. <laughs> I've seen Blink twice. Saw them in Crucis and saw them in Albuquerque. 
quickest nice. quickest version of a story. I'm playing Texas Hold'em at a casino in St. Louis, Missouri. Travis Barker's at the table. I say to Travis Barker, hey, bro, do I know you? He says, nah, man. I said, I think we went to high school together. He says, you know I'm in Blink-182. That's the whole story. It's <laughs> a pretty good story. Yeah, I got you. So... Did you go to high school with him, though? No, not even close. <laughs> did, did did you mistaken him for someone else, or was this all part of the bit? It's all part of the bit. Okay. I When I meet a celebrity, I say to them, I think we went to high school together. <laughs> Doesn't matter their age. I was, I was just about to say, who is the oldest celebrity that you have tried this trick on? Oh, gosh, that's a tremendous question. Or the youngest. I guess we can go either direction these days. Yeah, he's right in the middle, isn't he? So, uh, off the top of my head, I don't have a very good answer. I, I think the oldest was Caroline Ray, who is not really even a celebrity because people are like, who is that? But, yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, she was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch when I was a kid. I thought she was cool. Pretty good female stand-up comedian. Yeah, she's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I said, I think we went to high school together. Your Travis Barker story mirrors mine. Except for I didn't creep him out. Oh, remember I played? Told you I played poker with uh, Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn yes. fame in Rio Dosa, New Mexico, and I forgot to tell Kix Brooks when we interviewed Kix Brooks of Brooks ah, and Dunn fame up. when we're in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. Screwed up. I was very bummed out about that. What celebrity have you played poker with, Josh? I've not played poker with any celebrity, but I did literally, truly, cross my heart. Went to high school with Gabrielle Union. Oh, she's about the prettiest girl on the whole planet. My goodness. Yeah. Yep. So we called her Nikki. She was Nikki back then, and then she became famous. We're like, who's this Gabrielle? Well, that's just Nikki. But she, she's gone to, like, all of our reunions. D. Wade showed up at the 20-year reunion. They were nice. just hanging out just like anybody else. Oh, who knew? Yeah. Using, using their stage names, Gabrielle. Gabrielle. There we go. Uh, Ice Topes are not on the hit streak right now, or the win streak, Van. Just two of their last eight. They, they, I mean, they're getting hits galore. Sure. Just not pulling anything out, and they're kicking around the diamond a little bit. What's going on with the boys, Jay? Yeah, yesterday's game was, um, you know you know what yesterday's game was? This is going to sound like an excuse, but this is just fact, okay? You, you're, you're playing a whole bunch of games in a row, and you've been playing these really intense, high-scoring back-and-forth games in Las Vegas, and then you come home to Albuquerque, and you play – Another six games where it's just back and forth and it's just nonstop. And then you have a travel day on Monday. And so now it's you're exhausted, but you're in the you're in the middle of playing and it's fourth of July and you got fireworks and the adrenaline carries you through. And then Tuesday you get a day off. And it's like, ah, oh, thank goodness, finally a day off to rest. And then you come back Wednesday and it's super hot and there's hardly anybody in the stands and both teams did not play well. I mean, both teams committed three errors. Ooh. The errors for the isotopes ended up costing a whole lot more runs. It was the classic case of you're dead exhausted, but because you're playing every day, your body's just used to it, right? And then you get that day off, and it's really hard to gear back up. And I thought it showed. I thought both teams, um, you know, look, both teams had the same thing. L- Round Rock just came from Las Vegas. They, they traveled on Monday to get here, and they were the exact same exhausted. And I'm telling you, you have a day off after going that hard, it's hard to get it going again. And so whichever team gets it going again right tonight and tomorrow, you know, is needs to do that because, look, we still got a week and a half before the All-Star break. And this is going to be a, a, a very challenging trip for the Isotopes. They're playing 12 straight games on the road. It's going to be close to 100 degrees every single day, if not over 100 degrees, because we're going to Sacramento next. Crazy. And they have not played well on the road this year at all. And so they need to find a way 
to do all the little things, the small things, ah. in order to get victories. Nice. That's an excellent callback. That is why you're so good at your gig, Josh. It, Thank it came you. to me right in the middle of my uh, my rant, too. Thank Riley you. Smith is 27, but no one liked him when he was 23, and he takes the bump tonight for the ice tubs. Boys got a chance? Yeah, you always feel really good when Riley's pitching, right? Um, I mean, shoot, he had a seven-inning complete game shutout about two and a half weeks ago. He's gotten hurt by home runs, though. His last two starts, the home runs have got him, and they just haven't been solo homers. He's given up some big ones. So he needs to keep the ball in the yard, which is easier to do in Round Rock than it is in Albuquerque or in Las Vegas. But still, when it's hot here, like, it's not all that humid. I mean, it's just hot. And, um, you know, so the ball carries. The ball carries really well. There's no wind whatsoever. I mean, it's just it's 100 degrees with no wind. It's, so he's got to keep the ball down. And But you always feel good with him because you know he's just this really intense competitor, and he, he's – Every run that he gives up, he's just going to be that much more determined to not give up another one. Um, but he also needs a good start, right? I mean, he's been knocked around back-to-back outings now. So you mentioned the two weeks on the road, 12 straight games on the road. And this is all, you know, a factor of the new COVID schedules. And they decided to stick with it even though, you know, COVID's totally over now, right? 100% over. Oh, it's 100% over. Is this the longest road trip you've been on, 12 straight games, two straight weeks on the road? We had one like this last year. So oh, there was one last being, year. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to end up being tied for the longest one. Um, you know, in the previous format, it was mostly four-game series, and we had some three-city 12-game road trips, and that felt like a long time when you're in three cities, 12 games. But to do to do one like this, I mean, this is a full 14 days, you know, with 12 games. Um, I, I think this is tied for my longest one. Um, not just last year. I think there was some other time at some point in my life where I also did the same thing. Um, you know, I mean, the thing is, though, I will say that when you're in a city for six days, you, you can kind of settle in a little bit more. Whereas yeah, I feel like that yeah. three-city, 12 game, when just every four days you're at the airport again, uh, man, that's that's tiring. So, you know, at least you're staying in one place for a while. Doesn't matter what city Alan Trejo is in because, uh, well, he just gets hits. Like, that's that's his deal. It's over 15 games. Is it 15 or is it over 15 now? It, or, it's not 15. 15 games in a row successfully reaching base by hit. Uh, I believe that's the longest of the season for the Isotopes. What has our boys so dialed in as uh, the old, uh, I don't even know what a train line is called, Amtrak goes by the <laughs> goes by the field there? Well, they are called the Express, right? The team. Oh, that's okay. Checks yeah. out, yeah. Um, Look, Alan Trejo is just hitting the way that he has his entire life, right? I mean, this guy was the team MVP last year for a reason because he can do it all. He can hit, and he's extremely good defensively. And, you know, he had felt like he was holding his own in the big leagues. You know, he wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time, but it felt like he was contributing when he had playing time. And then the rosters go from 28 to 26, and he gets optioned down to us. And he got hurt almost immediately. And, you know, it took him a while to kind of get back in the swing of things. And now, I mean, he's just doing Alan Trejo things. And it was just a matter of time before he started to hit. And I know that he was frustrated there for a while that he wasn't producing the way that he had produced last year. You know, when I mean, it's such a mental game when, when you've been in the big leagues and now you're back down and you just feel like, i got to put up numbers. And so maybe you end up trying to do a little bit too much. And then at a certain point, you're just like, I'm just going to play baseball. And then everything takes, takes care of itself. So it's really fun to watch Alan uh, swing the bat right now. Congratulations to Juraj Slavkovsky. Uh, as he's the number one pick in the 2022 NHL draft going to the Montreal Canadiens. I know we got a big hockey contingent out here in Albuquerque, so there's your breaking news. 
Warren Schaefer's a huge hockey fan. Is he now? Well, tell yeah, him. Well, Ju- I mean, he's from Pittsburgh, so. Tell I mean. him Juraj is the number one pick. Okay. <laughs> By way of Finland. What did, I have no idea I, what any of these statistics mean. The uh, Who's on the pregame tonight? Is it Warren Schaefer, and are you talking hockey? No and no. Uh, we're talking about the Albuquerque Dukes logo. Oh. Yeah. Dick Moots Dick created Moots. the Albuquerque Dukes logo 50 years ago. There was a press conference back in Albuquerque earlier today, and apparently people liked me enough that they sent me the audio, and so then we did a little mix and mix and uh, a little transition, no, no, a little transition, and you're going to hear from Dick Moots about creating the Albuquerque Dukes logo, and he's going to be inducted into the Albuquerque Professional Baseball Hall of Fame in a little over two weeks. Well, that's a pretty good get. That's a pretty good little story that's right there. Good. There you yep. go. Yeah, first, it's cool stuff. It was good stuff. Pre-game's at 45. First pitch is at 6.05 Mountain. That's 7.05 Central. Have a good broadcast tonight, brother. Thanks, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. What a good dude. Hey, Josh. What a good dude. It takes a lot to produce 140 baseball games a year. Yeah. It takes a lot to broadcast that. And every single time, Josh like, I'll just bring something fresh to the table. Oh, okay. Way to go, guy. Right, he finds something new to talk about All time. every single night, every inning, every pitch. It's just crazy. He's a world of talent. He's very talented. We'll wrap up the final fifteen of this one whenever we get back. Or we'll recap the United game last night, which was uh, absolute barn burn down there at the lab. That was a good one. And then I don't know news of the day. Well, we got like two hot stories, maybe mm-hmm. two men on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. What time we got to be off the air, Griff? Um, I will start your music at 40, 5.40. Okay, like six minutes. I do have a couple of movies that Amory told me. Oh, Ooh. all right. How about 42? Oh, my goodness. Just because Chadwick is no longer with us, I'm going to allow this as a ATF recommendation after the fact. Hey, the She scene, gave me Moneyball. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah, sure. That's one of my favorites. The scene, oh. the scene with <laughs> no! the scene with Jackie and Pee Wee, and the the iconic. Maybe we'll all wear forty two, so they can't tell us apart. Oh, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! That's a moment right there. We've had to talk about the Moneyball moment. It's not. How can you not be romantic about baseball? I love that part. It's the little girl singing the show. We've had this talk. Yeah, I know. We can have different thoughts on the no! same movie. This when Brad Pitt is like. Oh, I didn't know my daughter became her own person and grew up on her own because I was too busy not paying attention to her because I'm Billy Bean and I only love my job and I miss out on my family. And then he makes zero changes in his life. No, I like it when the fat guy trips over first base. That's my favorite. Right, because he didn't know that he had a home run. He didn't know he had a home run. And he was scared to round the base his whole career. Because he had, yeah. And he then he fell so down. He fell that. down doing it. That's a beautiful moment. How could you not be romantic about okay, baseball? Okay, then she gave me a horrible <laughs> good one, Jerry Maguire. Okay, well, well I, I already did that one. We did that one. Yeah, man, what's the deal? Well, we already did that one. I mean, that one's done. All right, I have an honorable mention. Oh, what? Okay. Double varsity? Double I-9 varsity today? Well, I mean, we got we we're up against it. Okay. So, white men can't jump. All right, okay. insanely good. Okay, what, what scene do you think I'm going to say? <sighs> Is it the part when he tries to rob the liquor store or the pawn shop, but they know he can't really rob it, and it's it's just, like, sad how, like, society – is that where you're going with this? That's an excellent answer. <laughs> but, no, it's when Gloria Clemente 
played by a super young, super hot Rosie Perez. The super youngest, super hottest. Gets on Jeopardy. Yeah. And she has a rough start. Uh Uh-huh. And then the second round, it's all the stuff that she studied with, you know, Billy Hoyle, foods with the letter Q, et cetera, et cetera. And she starts to turn it around. That one got me really emotional. Also, just looking at Rosie Perez back then, like, got me very emotional in ways I couldn't control at that age. Rosie Perez can go. Yes. What was, uh... Foods with the letter Q. Sydney Dean's wife, what was her name? Rhonda? Rhonda Dean. When she's, like, schooling, like, Gloria, on what it's like to, like, school guys on the basketball court. Yeah. That, to me, is, like... The most heartfelt, like, by the way, I get that I'm a dude. I get that I'm sure. from the Midwest. I sure. get that I'm white. Sure. But to me, we're like, like Rhonda Dean, I guess, when she's like, you just don't get it, girl. And like, and Gloria's like, I've been played too. Like, it's not just. Yes. Yes. I can't just be mad at Billy Hoyle. Right. I'm now also mad at myself. Yes. How like, about a league of their own when Betty Spaghetti's <sighs> husband dies and they get the letter? Oh, that's a good one. I didn't. That's I didn't, a good one. Okay, that's not a good one. He was not a crucial part of the movie. They didn't really build up a connection for me with him. I didn't feel a loss when he was gone. So, it's a great movie with some great moments. But what really brought a tear to my eye <laughs> was, and he took that super long pee, like, and it just out of sheer jealousy that I, I know I could never pee that long yeah. in real life. Like that made me cry. Out of sheer jealousy, really. Mighty Ducks? What? What? They win every time. Yeah. What is sad about the Mighty Ducks? Like when Hendrick Sports takes over and they can no longer be the Mighty Ducks? That's not sad. Emilio Estevez like messes things up when he's from a child, right. his trauma. Amory joined the program. Hey, Amory. Hey, Amory, welcome. The thing that's the thing about the Mighty Ducks is it doesn't make sense that you get a DUI and then your punishment is to be driven around in a limo and do public service for children. This not. This is the most Disney of Disney films. It makes no sense. I mean, after the prison. What's the time. Keanu Reeves with the little kids and the baseball team? John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Bad News Bears. Hardball. Ah, oh, Hardball. I never saw that. When was it? Little Pee Wee got shot, or someone got shot? Okay, it's probably his name in the movie. But I feel like that has racial undertones just now. Like you're just guessing Pee-wee. Was it actually Pee-wee? I will give a Marie that when Charlie Conway's mom and Emilio Estevez don't work out, that is relatively sad. But I'm going to tell you, as a guy who's like dated a lot of single moms, that's just part of life, okay? There's a reason you're a single mom, Charlie Conway's mom. Look, I think, yeah, seriously. Yes. You're an adult woman. There's a reason you're single. Yeah, figure it out. I think the saddest part of Mighty Ducks is Emilio Estevez is an adult wearing a letterman's jacket. That, to me, is very sad. Yeah, that is weird. (laughs) And then in the second one, he does the exact same thing to Coach McKay, and then none of the kids even warn her. They're like, do you know how dirty he just did Charlie's mom like one movie ago? Mm -hmm. Like, you need to watch out, Miss McKay. Figure it out. I don't know what this commercial bleed is, but... I'm not about that life, Griff. <laughs> Was that uh, an advertisement for a Crunchwrap Supreme? Is that what you're doing? Because I'm a big Crunchwrap Supreme. Are they guy. back? When I'm pressed for time, a black bean Crunchwrap Supreme is like, that's my go-to. Is there a value menu at the Taco Bell? 
I think there is. I never use it. I, I, I've never been to the Taco Bell. There's two things I could eat there. A Crunchwrap Supreme with black beans and then a literal bean burrito. Sounds I don't go there often. Same. Yeah. I still baseball after this with A. Marie. Van, any final words? Uh, I'm not a fan of explosive diarrhea, so I don't do Taco Bell a lot. Also, anything that we didn't cover today, make sure you check out tomorrow morning on the opening drive with Jeff JJ, and you just heard from her, A. Marie. United won on a big 1-0 penalty kick. Boy, last night, about as exciting as it could have been. They play again on Saturday. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.